0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of FinTech for the People. I'm Ami Parbu, your host and managing partner of Axion Venture Lab. Axion Venture Lab is an early stage investor focused on inclusive FinTech. We've invested in 60 companies, all expanding access to financial services for underserved populations around the world. This is the third installment of our five-part series, where we're showcasing some of our latest investments into women-founded companies. So far, we've spoken to entrepreneurs from Brazil to India. We've learned about the challenges their customers face and how their companies and they are stepping in to help. This week, we'll head west to the US where we'll chat with Sophie Abdul-Razak. Sophie is the co-founder and CEO of GoodFind, a vertical payments company targeting a greatly underserved and fast growing small business segment in the US, food trucks. Sophie, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh my gosh, thanks so much for having me on me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, before we dig into what you're building at Goodfine, I'd love to hear about your journey uh, as an entrepreneur. Would you tell me a bit about your background and how you ended up becoming a founder?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always say I meant to be a lawyer. (laughs) So my education and career kind of took me down that path. Um, spent a lot of time in in big tech, big bank, kind of leading product while I was in law school, going to law school part time, and I fell in love. I fell in love with the product journey, the product experience, and in so doing, I felt a little out of love with the law, and decided I'm not going to practice uh, law in the traditional standpoint. I'm going to do it from a tech lens, and while I was kind of on that journey. One of my really good friends, Lamir, who is my co-founder and CTO, was talking to me about just ideas that we could do. We both love food trucks. We love the experience of, of eating from them, but didn't didn't like the experience of kind of con- connecting with them and kind of paying from them and, and thought we could make it better. And 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 so just, you know, by happenstance, by me being in product and having a legal background, him being able to, to build we kind of embarked on something brand new, which is this entrepreneurial journey. So we we literally fell into it. I consider myself a, a recovering lawyer because of that. But yeah, it, it just it just happened to me and it's been the wildest and best ride um, that I could ever imagine.
0: That's awesome. I feel like that's a lot of entrepreneur stories is sort of falling into something because they just see a need and and have a real passion for it. So tell me more about Goodfine. What is it that you all do?
1: We are a end to end payment solution and marketplace for food trucks. Gotta point out that it is the most diverse segment of the restaurant industry, as well as the fastest growing. Right, so we think about um, our, you know, the segment of the the industry as entrepreneurs in their own right, a lot of uh, solo owners out there doing their thing. And this is their first foray into into ownership and, and kind of, you know, economic mobility. So so we love this space. My co-founder and I are both first-generation Americans. Um, and so when we were looking at, when we were eating from food trucks, we noticed that the, the people that we will be serving were, were much like ourselves, immigrants, serving really great authentic food. And we noticed that there was a gap, a technology gap for these founders. And we wanted to we wanted to solve that problem. So what we do is exactly that. We make food truck owners more visible, right, and more profitable through our suite of services, which includes payments and discovery, as well as um, some of the back end operations that they also need. Um, And we do it in one seamless, one seamless full scope platform. So uh, just providing some great technology to some really amazing founders.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things we were excited about you guys. You know, the customers you're serving, these largely immigrant run businesses are truly underserved by, you know, the existing offerings that are out there. I'd love to hear more about those food truck owners and how they're running their businesses today. You mentioned that a lot of the support you provide is in the back end. What are those problems you're solving for them?
1: so food trucks are mobile they're always on the go right generally food trucks can be anywhere at any time in a given day so that so that that movement right presents a particular pain point that that hasn't been solved in the tech industry at large as well as just smaller spaces to house inventory to store not only to house and store food but also to like move around and cook so you can think of if you think of a restaurant but just smaller and always on the go that's a food truck Um, And it was important to be able to have technology that could literally move with them, right? Like be on the go, meet them wherever they are. And so we provide a mobile-based platform that allows food truck owners to tap into a payment system no matter where they are in a given day, but also manage those operations that are more truncated and and smaller. So managing, helping them to manage inventory, helping them to manage scheduling, helping them with marketing, right? Being able to talk to your customers and interact with them in a very authentic way Um, The platform also does that. So we make sure that our food truck owners and operators have a full scope system that they can tap into and that the analytics are all housed in one place. So they don't have to piecemeal systems together. Before you know our technology, that's what they were doing, right? So they would have payment systems for payments. They would have a marketing system to do their marketing. They would, you know, schedule with spreadsheets and, and kind of do that manual scheduling process. They would have to find locations to be at for themselves. Also work with like licensing and regulations. And I mean, these businesses to be small business owners, they have like so much to tackle right across the board and having to do so, having to manage your business, as you can imagine through many different services gets a little complicated and a little complex. In fact, a lot complicated and a lot complex. And so we, we thought, you know, there's no better way than to add all the full scope services into one and streamline them in a really simple, easy to use platform um, that allows them to, to focus on what they really love to do, right? And that's cook really amazing food. I have gained so much weight. <laughs> being in this business. It's all been worth it. Um, but that's what they love to do, right? And we and we wanted them to be able to focus on what they love by taking the technology piece out of the way and not having to use so many different systems um, to run their day-to-day.
0: That convenience, that simplicity that you offer, that Goodfine offers these food truck owners is, is huge. Uh, I know that there have been some product launches recently. Tell me more about that. What are those newer products that are officially now in the wild? How are your customers responding?
1: Our customers are responding amazingly. Um, we just came out with our end-to-end payment solution so they can take all st- all types of orders from one platform, which is awesome. Um, And that launched just three and a half weeks ago. It feels a lifetime just in anticipation of like building out this great product, having so many of our food truck owners be beta testers and to understand um, and to give us feedback, which really spoke to the need of what we we were doing. So we really appreciate several of our food truck owners and operators kind of being in beta with us and and testing while we're in stealth. And so that end-to-end payment solution is out and they're they're loving it and we're also doing some some other customizable vendor solutions that are coming out in the in the next couple of weeks so really excited about that from a consumer perspective we are launching our new iOS and Android experiences so making it even easier for for you know the end users to order from food trucks wherever they are to have that that beautiful seamless experience that is also available online we launched a new online experience as well um, so it's just we've been releasing so many products so it's it's been great customer feedback has been awesome and, and we're being told this exactly what what's needed at exactly the right time, especially as the industry continues to accelerate and ramp up.
0: And tell me more about that, you know, at the right time. What are you hearing from kind of food truck owners in the U.S. right now, especially, you know, how have they been impacted by the pandemic?
1: You know what? I think I I talk a lot about like how food trucks were, were like where they came from. Right. So 2008, We had a recession and there was this like influx of of food trucks because one, lower barrier to entry in terms of price, right? The the ability to, to serve like really great cuisine and go to wherever people are. And so the pandemic, just like in 2008, has kind of proven why food trucks are here to stay and here to last because they can do things that the brick and mortar just can't do, Right. Remote work has changed the lands, the working landscape for many. It's also changing urban communities, right? Like people are going, are moving to more suburban areas. Big companies are allowing their their employees to be home permanently, and if they're not allowing them to be home permanently, they're doing some type of hybrid, right? So. No longer are these like super dense populations where food trucks can kind of just sit and and wait on like walking traffic or even brick and mortars, right? Which is why they're not growing as much as food trucks now aren't able to to just be in these dense populated areas. So food trucks are uniquely designed to provide proximity as a service, right? So a food truck can be wherever you are, whenever you are to provide you with with great food. And so the pandemic again, has just fortified with their value Proposition is, and have made them even more accessible to the everyday user and more commonplace. Right? Um, I think we live in DC, and so we used to k- could go like to 14th Street, and you'd see all the food trucks. You just kind of happen upon them, but now you see them in neighborhoods, you see them at office buildings, you see them everywhere. They're commonplace because they can be anywhere, and so the pandemic has really has really helped them in a, in a lot of ways. At the same time. As, as the restaurant industry, just writ large, you kind of take a hit because less people are outside, um, but that's where great technology steps in the gap to allow people to order ahead, you know, let you connect with customers, be convenient, so the pandemic also kind of accelerated their need to tap into convenience-led technology so that they could meet their consumers wherever they are from a technological standpoint. Um, but as far as like a business model and the proximity as a service, they were already standing in that gap and are proving themselves to be to be even better than ever.
0: How does that, as well as kind of these new products, the launches you're going, how does all of that inform what you see Good Find looking like in five to ten years?
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. My vision is to just to continue to accelerate, um, the growth of this industry. Right? Food trucks were five x that of brick and mortars in term that of brick and mortars in terms of growth. Um, in twenty twenty one alone. Um, and there's no signs in slowing that down. Good finds mission and and purpose is is to continue to to fuel this industry, helping to, one making it easier to have access and, and gain entry. Um, so to be a business owner, to own your own shop, and then to help you to, to be on that path. If you want a brick and mortar, we want to help you do that, right? If you want to have seven food trucks, we want to help you do that. So, you know, our 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 technology is, is holistic in that way. Continuing to double down on the FinTech services that matter so much for the economic mobility, right? We see how good they are with money what they're able to bring in all through, you know, our analytics and 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 so that helps with like being underbanked and underserved, right? We know that they're great money managers. We know that we can help them grow their their top line revenue to give them access and the ability to to have more than one food truck or to have a brick and mortar. Right. So our technology will continue to to bridge the gap. For them to help them be more visible and to increase revenue, because that'll help them grow their businesses beyond hopefully their their wildest dreams. Right? We just we really want to be um, a catalyst for change in this industry and make it more accessible to as many people um, as we can, because the industry is so deserving and it is consistent of diverse individuals and the impact that people can generate when they're their own business owners when they're able to bring value into a community is. You know, you can't put a price tag on that. Right. On that type of impact. Five years from now, I see good fine being everywhere, you know, U.S. and internationally. I, I said, you know, I'm first generation American, so I'm a dual citizen of Nigeria as well. And there are mobile carts all over. Right. Um, And if I want to buy something before, I would have to get it right then because it wouldn't be there tomorrow, Uh, which is the same thing that we were the same problem that we're solving here. So just continuing to fuel fuel this industry, continuing to provide opportunity and, um, and our products or services will continue to build everything that they need and nothing that they don't so that it can always be at a price point that allows them to keep most of their margins.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's the right moment in terms of the impact you're creating and, and the need for this industry. But it's also, you know, the right moment in terms of just where the industry in the fintech space is. Vertical payments are hot right now with the IPO of Toast and other notable funding rounds from players like Squire, Slice, and Service Titan. Where do you see Goodfind fitting into that landscape? And are there parts of those companies' playbooks that you're repeating? Are there other things that you want to do differently?
1: All those companies that you mentioned um, are excellent companies and they give us so much motivation and, and fuel to the fire. I think we're squarely in that space. I think what Toast proved, right, is that even in a... A jam-packed or what people may consider a jam-packed POS market, that there is still room to 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 carve out space for yourself when you're adding a different differentiator in and value there, you know, particularly for the restaurant industry and space. But what I love about, you know, Slice and Squire, which are more analogous to, is that that full scope um in the in the vertical space, right? And I think we're gonna continue to see a lot more vertical payment innovation because the horizontal payment companies, for better or for worse, they are and I begrudge no one, you know, great technology, great technology is great technology. You won't get any pushback from me there, but, When you're building for everyone, a lot of times, in essence, you're building for no one. You you can't release fast enough for their particular pain points when you have to focus on a wider variety of of customer base. So what's really great in this vertical industry and, and, and where I see Goodfine continue to do is double down on the actual needs of our users and being able to grow and build product around their unique needs allowing it to always be easier and more cost efficient for them to run their business. And I think in turn, you know, we've been able to receive great loyalty from them because we understand that technology is a choice and and we're really humbled that they, that they, that they choose us, you know, to help them manage their end-to-end solutions. And so just continuing to be innovative in the vertical space is where I see us continuing to play. And you see a lot of success in that, that more holistic approach in companies like Slice and in companies like Squire who who are also thinking, okay, like if I know my user through and through, right? And I build for them what they need to be able to increase their revenues, to be able to increase their visibility, to make their lives easier, right? that there is no limit to, to how, how you can grow together and also how you can accelerate industry. So playing in the same space, just a different customer base, but definitely love seeing what they're doing and looking at, to them as, as leaders in this game and, 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 and excited to join them um, in our own right.
0: Yeah, I love that building from the customer up uh, and building for for someone, not not no one, um, is, is, is really powerful. So, just shifting gears for the entrepreneurs in our audience, uh, the market for talent is incredibly competitive right now. How do you think about attracting and retaining the best talent for Goodfind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the the market, like you said, I mean, is insane right now. We have tons of job postings right now, and we're lucky to see um, you know hundreds of applicants per 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 job. And I think it is the culture that we really lean in on right? For us, what is most important is that a member of our team, one, embraces diversity. We have a vastly diverse team. Every every person is different, and, and everyone on the team embraces that. And also, this is also indicative of the, the people that we serve, right? So we serve a community of, of diverse individuals. In fact, 87% of our vendors are diverse. And so you got to be able to, to understand different cultures and be able to do that. So we, we care a lot about that. And then we also care about being skills based as a as a fast follow, and we're doing the things that that I think great companies do in terms of like benefits and services as well, right? We have great great benefits, great work life balance. We care a lot about that um, and taking care of our employees. We see we, when we bring employees in, we care that they that they become advocates, that they you know want to to wake up and work every day. And then also we love, we love people that love food, right? This is a food business. You're going to gain the good find 15. In my case, the good find 20. And it's good. You're going to work on, on food trucks. You're going to, no day is going to be the same. So it's always going to be interesting and fun and high pace. And so we look for people who love those environments. And so far um, we've, we've, we've been killing it. And, and so we believe that, that we're doing a good job. And so we'll just continue to double tap in on, on those good vibes.
0: I will say uh, yours was my favorite diligence I've been on uh, as an investor. Everyone on, my, on, on our team was jealous and wanted to join because it involved, let's go spend the afternoon eating at different food trucks in D.C. So I can, I can totally see how that's a, a draw and a love for everyone on the team. Final question here, Sophie. As investors, we feel so lucky to be on this ride uh, with you. But as you know, many women founders struggle to get capital uh, at comparable rates and you know, amounts as male peers. What advice or what request would you have for the broader industry, whether that's investors or other founders, you know, in order to start to bridge that gap?
1: Yeah. From an investment standpoint, what I loved about my current investors is I wasn't treated differently or as other. Right. I'm not I wasn't invested in because, you know, I am, you know, X category of person I was invested in because the the data show that this is an industry worth worth serving, right? The, The economics made sense. But I feel like a lot of founders don't even get to be treated, women founders, you know, specifically, women, minorities, founders, even more specifically, right? They don't have the opportunity to get to those conversations where you can see that the data makes sense because they're looked at as other or they're put in a special category of funding. But we're giving oversized returns, right? And so... I think if if you are to the extent possible that there's a mindset shift, right? Of uh, it doesn't matter where where a founder is from, but it's a a real assessment of the business, a real assessment of the traction and how much you're able to, able to to do with how how maybe little resources you were able to have um, at the onset, right? And for those things to speak for themselves. And so that you have an equal playing field of conversation, I believe is a great way to to bridge the gap from an investment standpoint. And I I also believe that that's why my own journey was so different than what I read about in the books, right? Because I was luckily lucky to have you, to have Artemis, to have Valor, um, really look at me as a as a founder and assess the business, and and you know, and the questions were about that. Right. Um, so I was put on an equal playing field, um, and consider myself very lucky. From a founder perspective, I think you know if you are lucky enough, and hopefully you know more and more women and minority founders are you know included in this number of being able to be venture backed. The process of of diligence and going through um, getting funding oftentimes seems like it's one sided, right? like the investor is making the decision on the founder and that um, the founder has no say in what those outcomes end up being. But I would encourage founders to say, you know what? I have something that's amazing and that's worth investing in. And that's why I'm being talked to. And now I need to do my diligence to make sure that these this is the VC or angel investor or whatever that's going to be the best fit for my company, right? For me, we had bootstrapped ourselves up until the point of investment. And so I really needed support, you know, a, a, a suite of services that were that were beyond the check. Like the check was like the thing that made my dreams possible. And I am forever thankful that I am able to do something that many people aren't able to do. But with what really made me choose my investors in the same way that they chose me was that, you know, they were they were giving me support. Right. Like you can say I I call you whenever, <laughs> whenever I need something. And it's it's natural. I'm just like, I mean, I, you know, have you seen this? Has a, another founder experienced this? What resources, resources, you know, might you have? And I'm able to do that with all of my VCs. and I And those were the questions that I asked from the very beginning. You know, how do you work with founders? How do you support founders? If this, then X, right? Like, what does that look like? Um, and I felt, inc- you know, and I the answers that I was given made me say, this is the right, these are the right people for me. This is the right team for me. And look at us now, right? Like what we've been able to do, the t- amounts of products that we're able to release in just seven months of stealth time are insane by any measure. And I do believe it's because the, the right, we, we had the right people back us. And I didn't look at it as uh, this is not my decision. I looked at it as this is my decision. It's my decision to, to take this to take this money. And, and that for me was contingent on the type of support that I could get as a founder because I needed that. So I just, founders, you have power too. And it is okay to ask questions about what you think that you need for your business and then to choose the right investors um, because it's a long relationship. And it's one that that I'm lucky enough to be on a ride with people that I enjoy being with every day. And, you know, the opposite can be true. And I think those experiences don't lead to as good of outcomes on the business side as well as on a, you know, balanced side. So
0: that's great advice for founders of diligence doesn't just mean an investor diligence. It goes both ways. And how do we shift that power balance that everyone seems to think, you know, we have all the power on our side of the table. It's not at all true. But well, thank you so much, Sophie. This has been a wonderful conversation. So thankful for your time and so excited for the future of Good Fine. We're excited to be on this journey with you.
1: Happy to have you on the journey with us. You know, you're one of my favorite people. It's always a good time whenever we link up. So appreciative of the space um, and the time to talk with you today.
0: Join us next week as we head to Kenya and hear from Jihan Abbas. Co-founder and CEO of LAMI, an insurance as a service platform that enables any business to develop and sell insurance tailored to the needs of their customers. When I went back and did research, you know, the statistics were really shocking. You know, less than 3% of people in Africa buy insurance products. And when I assess the Kenyan market in particular, there's more than 50 insurance companies that operate. So I didn't really understand why there was such a huge gap between uh, the number of providers and actually the people who were, up, were buying these products. People might want to buy insurance products. You know, They don't really trust uh, the system. They don't trust the processes because um, they were actually
1: broken.